Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 14th of August 2016. Now this week it'll be a part two of uh, last week's elections, Punch and Judy Wag the Dog, World of Wrestling and more Brain Fog. Because that's what we get, isn't it? But mind you, when the US does something like this, they, they do an incredible... St- After all, they've got Hollywood there, they've got all the professionals and the biggest marketing advertising companies on the planet based in the US, you see. And the, the marketing companies are meant to under, totally understand you psychologically and make you do things and buy things and, and, and change your behavior into things that you never even thought possible because they weren't your thoughts in the first place. But anyway, that's how it all works, doesn't it? So it's the greatest show on earth. It truly, no one else has got the bucks or the expertise to put on such a display uh, to, to enthrall people and get them all fired up and believing in it. It's awfully important that people believe in it because, you see, uh, as I say, you always vote in uh, another bunch because you're so sick of the bunch that's already been in. That's what democracy means, you see. You, you get rid of the last bunch because they're so corrupt and you just live in hope that the next bunch that promise you something different uh, will actually be better than the last. It's never, it's never happened, I think, in history, but the hope is there. Hope springs eternal, right? And it's better than having revolutions every five years or so. Uh, living in hope is much better. It doesn't change anything, but it's always the same crooks that run the planet based on the same uh, corrupt system, you see. Because it's just one system and money runs it all. And all you can do is see who's in control of the cash worldwide. And that's all you need to really know. Everything else follows suit, you see, down the pyramid, you see. And as I've said so many times before, They've got to put a good show on now with democracy or democracy, republicanism, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. Getting the votes basically makes you think that you've got rights. And you do have a right, you have a right to vote, and that's it. That's the only right that you have. You have the right to be fooled as well or lied to. That's not against the law, you see. And that gives you the right to vote. And then when you vote, you give legal authority for whoever you voted for or you think you voted for, because it's never who you really think you voted for in the first place. Total control over you and your life. Literally life and death, basically. You know, And that's what it's all about. Legalities are awfully important. Awfully important. So tonight I'm going to continue about that. and It's quite amazing to me. People are really so fired up about things. Eh? They really are. Uh, and so, I mean, these things used to be uh, the same as old religious wars. People would start talking about religion over a couple of drinks and start killing them each other. That's true. I mean, people, people did that, you know. And now you see it all with politics too. And so politics and religion are out the, of most polite conversations. And actually, the higher up you go, uh, they're not mentioned at all because... Because um, it's taken for granted that those who are way above it all are already running it all anyway. Uh, Simple as that. So you don't discuss it. Who wants to talk about work, even though they don't do much at the top? But you look at who's who, who who is going to bring you something different, really? Who? Remember that old saying about voting and democracy and so on. It's um, it's, it's, really, it's really a couple of wolves arguing over the sheep. You know, that's really what it's about. 
who's going to get the, get the right to fleece you and eat you, you know. That's, really, that's all it's about, folks. I hate to say it. When you meet real good psychopaths that are up in high positions, born into the right families, you see, they're not smashing windows, smashing grabs, running off with some diamonds or bracelets or something. They they're literally are up. They're already into Princeton and guaranteed where I can pass an exam or not doesn't matter. That their, their daddies make sure they'll pass. And any, anybody who runs these universities know darn well uh, that they'll be out of a job if they don't pass them. That's how things really, really work in the real world. Well, he does. And for that, they've got to have a real naive population who are decent people and, and who can't think in a psychopathic fashion. That's why psychopaths, if they do get caught, the lower psychopaths, love to talk about themselves and how they con people. And they would tell you, it's absolutely astonishing, they'd say, as to how naive people are. They, can, they couldn't fathom normal people. Why didn't they ever learn? Hmm? That's the difference. That's the difference. But those at the top never get caught because it's their system, naturally. And if they're accused of anything, they've got batteries of lawyers to do all their talking for them. So nothing goes to trial, etc. And everything's tossed out the window, including bodies and corpses and things like that. So, I mean, that's the real world. That's what we live in. Honestly. Sad, isn't it? Very sad. Now, let's look at who's lined up for the top positions. You know, the pointees. As I've said so many talks before, the pointees are more important than the ones you think you elect. The people behind who you think you elect are more important than the ones you think you elect. That's really what it is too. And believe you me, there's only one agenda. And the folk who get all the top positions have a lot in common, an awful lot in common, folks. Awful lot, awful, awful, awful lot in common. Now, let's look to see what's going to change. Now, remember, the things that are written in stone are going to continue. The wars across the Middle East. They still want to finish off uh, Syria. That was part of the old plan from the 90s. And they're going to finish off Iran too, one way or another. And and uh, the whole machinery to do that still there and sitting, waiting in the whole bit, you know. And certain other folk have big expectations of this happening too that don't even live inside the U.S. Old plan, you see. Anyway, here's, here's, um, here's quite a laugh here, actually, you know, when you look at... <laughs> When you, when you look at the people who are lined up, uh, I love I love that, that that marketing ploy they came up with. I always give you meaningless phrases, election time like uh, like um, change is good. Remember Obama, change is good. Yep, and uh, where did all that go? Eh? Uh, what changes? Who's behind Obama too? Who's behind the present bunch of world wrestlers? Hmm? Who? Have you ever looked at it and had a wee a little gander? Huh? And let's see about Trump, for instance. I put up a link tonight. Now, all these articles I put links up for, for you, if you really want to have a look. Mind you, most, and it's true enough, isn't it amazing how folks 
folk are so ingrained. It's almost like they're programmed into politics. And, and I've always voted whatever it is, and I'll continue to vote whatever it is. It's, it's like my country right or wrong, you know, same idea. How can you possibly say your country right or wrong? Especially when your country might not be your country anymore. Maybe it never was. You ever thought about that? If you see some wrong happening, I mean, should how can you stand up to protect the wrong? Anyway, what Trump and Clinton's economic advisors can tell you about the candidates. And you can look them up if you so want to. And it says... Um, Republican President Donald Trump celebrates winning the South Carolina primary, blah, blah, blah. And they show you all the different pictures. And it says, they may not be the names in the spotlight, but in, in an election cycle where issues like job creation, oh, you've been hearing that all your life, is the Tulsa jobs to China, and trade are taking center stage. The economic advisors for the Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton campaigns, now here you, here's something that's true. It's not often you get anything true, sad, you know. The economic advisors for the Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton campaigns hold powerful positions in influencing the direction of the country's future policies. That's plural. That's all the policies, folks. Hmm? Much can be learned about the candidates and how they may lead the world's largest economy from looking to their advisors and perhaps unsurprisingly, their advisors provide a lesson of what kind of aids the candidates seek, media-oriented uh, and experienced or consensus building with establishment ties. Two names who continually crop up as informal economic advisors to Trump and Republican nominee are Larry Kudlow, you can either pronounce it Kudlow or Kudlov, doesn't matter, and Stephen Moore. Each bring conservative and economic credentials, with Kudlow having served in Ronald Reagan's administration as an as chief economist of Bear Stearns. However, where he aligns most closely with Trump may be in the media. Kudlow is highly visible as CNBC contributing editor at National Review magazine, host of nationally syndicated talk radio shows. Then they go on, on a bit more and more about them and so on. So in contrast to Trump's very public advisors, and again, see what I'm showing you is a whitewash and how what you think can, can be telling you an awful lot can be a whitewash as well. Because... They'll tell you more about the other candidate than have just told you about the Trump's candidates and or, or guys behind them. In contrast to Trump's very public advisors, Clinton's top economic advisors are less public in their roles. Known inside the campaign as the Economics, Michael Shapiro and Michael Schmidt filter the economic advice Clinton receives and help her shape policy proposals. Both are relatively young and well-connected, when it, aren't they ever, when it comes to democratic establishment. Shapiro is 29 and worked in the White House's National Economic Council at a graduate in Yale Law School. Earlier this year, he married Jessica Schumer, the daughter of New York Senator Chuck Schumer. Also a graduate of Yale Law, the 30-year-old Schmidt earned his economic credentials working in the U.S. Treasury Department, and he previously helped manage Yale's endowment, etc., etc., and um, Clinton campaign uh, spokesperson Jesse Ferguson also noted the influence of Jacob Liebenluft, who joined the campaign a month ago, coming from the White House, where he served as deputy director of the National Economic Council. 
leaving Luft, focused on job training. I wonder who he was training. And minimum wage uh, issues during his, I guess it's to bring you down even lower wages, his time in President Barack Obama's administration. He's from Yale as well. Uh, says, well, the Trump campaign did not respond to CNBC's request for comment. Quick scan on public comments and policy proposals show they are mostly in line with candidates who employ them when it comes to working style and ideology. And uh, <laughs> again, uh, you have to really go through different things to find out more information. You see, all the time you have to do that. Now, from, from, from Papers New York... Uh, written by uh, Jacob Cornblow, uh, uh, they talk about how I can accept Trump's offer to be Secretary of Treasury. Republican presidential frontrunner was put into spotlight over the weekend once again for offensive comments he made about Fox News female moderator Ma- uh, Megyn Kelly, but he earned at least one supporter as a result of his performance during the first televised debate. Jewish billionaire Carl Icahn. Was, this is from Jewish probably a, a, a political sort of idea. It's the name of a paper. Uh, New York was recently offered by Trump to serve as his Treasury Secretary if he managed to wrap up the GOP nomination and win the presidency in 2016. I can thank Trump for his offer, but turned him down. However, following the TV debate in Cleveland, Ohio, I can announce that he has had a change of heart and will accept the offer to serve as Secretary of Treasury in a Trump administration. Then they go on about the usual prattle and so on. There's not, a, but anyway, it, it, this is the fella you know who's going to be <laughs> up there managing the treasury, basically. And um, I'll put up these links tonight, as I say, to, to let you have have more information on them, who they happen to be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now we'll see who's supposedly on the team for Donald Trump. And uh, it's his economic advisory team, this is. So it says the team which uh, the campaign touted is comprised of the top economists in the country includes several real estate investors and hedge fund managers. Hedge funds. <laughs> Including the team are Steve Roth, CEO of Vornado Realty Trust, Howard Lorber, CEO of Vector Group Limited, Stephen uh, Manukin, Trump's financial chairman, Tom Barak, founder of uh, Colony Capital, Stephen M. Koch, CEO of Federal Savings Bank, Andy Beal, founder of Beal Bank, and Steve Feinberg, CEO of uh, Cerberus Capital Management. Campaign's policy team will be led by a National Director of Policy, Stephen Miller, and Deputy Director, Dan Kowalski. Uh, this link to is, is not too bad. At least you'll you know, ID the names and you can look them up. And it's, as I say, you'll find the same. <laughs> you always find connections uh, between different people apart from making a lot of money. Uh, so change is good, right? Yeah, ha, ha. Anyway, uh, that's the, basically what it's all about. It's just the same, the same big magnets that use nations for themselves. And again, you, you tell the people what they want to hear. I mean, unfortunately, it's so true. And it isn't that, that's, that they don't know. They know exactly what you want to hear. All politicians do. That's what all the big surveys are about, is they do constant polling of people to find out what they're talking about, what they think, etc. And, and, and so they just parrot what you say yourselves amongst each other, you know. They've got as much in common with you as, well, as a sparrow has to a, a condor, you know. And that's about it. Now, um, he's a good propaganda piece, too. 
exclusive, Hillary Clinton said to hire former Wall Street cop as campaign CFO. She'll bring one of Wall Street's fiercest critics to oversee her campaign's finances. Right? So you're thinking, again, oh, change is good, eh? Once again. And it says, so she's planning to name Gary Gensler, a former top federal financial regulator and strong advocate for strict Wall Street rules as the chief financial officer of her campaign, according to a Democrat familiar with the decision. Gensler, in his role as chairman of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, again, (laughs) much the same, was a leading player in the drafting and then implementation of the Dodd-Frank Act, which really went nowhere because they changed it all again before it really was put into effect. And so for Clinton, uh, who's been fighting for her left flank's concern, it's just too cozy with Wall Street. Gensler is a notable hire. He became known as someone with sharp elbows, even during his negotiations within the Obama administration in his push for tighter regulation. So you think, oh, thank God, he's this, they've got a, a real guy in there to, to, to clean up that whole business. For the first time in history, it's going to get cleaned up, you see. And then you look at uh, the, the other articles about it, too. And Bloomberg's got the same kind of thing there, too, about uh, him being put in there to clean up Wall Street. Bloomberg? <laughs> and let's see. So this, this who is this great guy who's going to clean who's got sharp elbows? Clinton's progressive beacon is a former Goldman Sachs banker and uh, Bob Rubin protege. Well, change is good. Well, where's the change? Where is it? Where is it? Ay, ay, well, it doesn't exist. So, uh, it says, uh, the deeper explanations against us, a financial policy unicorn, a deregulator turned reformer. Well, appearances can be deceptive. But believe you me, I mean, can anybody connected with Goldman Sachs, you know, bankers of the world or to the world, or who own the world perhaps as well? Uh, come on, come on, what's, what's different, eh? So, so there you go. And as I say to um, the ones around Trump, are just the same. Just the same. Hedge funds, titans, and multi-billionaire trillionaires, and Car Icon, uh, Wilbert Ross, uh, Cerberus, Stephen Feinberg, etc., etc. Hedge fund funders, uh, Robert Mercer, Anthony Scaramucci, and former Goldman Sachs executive Steve Mnookin. Aha! Uh-huh. Yep, change is goody. Change is good. Right, right, right. It's a parrot. We could talk like that too. That's how it is, folks, isn't it? A big, it's a good circus. So folk get really tied into it, and they actually argue with each, and they're ready to fight with each other. Believe that, eh? Eh? Really? No one will ever, ever change a system that was meant to be the way it is, which is, from the person at the bottom's viewpoint, totally corrupt. You see. And for those who run it all, uh, they believe it's the way it should be. That's the way. That's how it really is, isn't it? You know, that's the way it should be. And the people themselves are just, unfortunately, the uh, the, the only time they get involved in anything is, is is arguing about politics when it's voting time. The rest of the time, they you know they go along and watching their TV and all that stuff. They don't care much. It isn't hard to keep you whipped up, eh? Now you can see how wars get started, too, in the past. Now you don't have to whip them for wars. You just give them a simple propaganda line and 
and give them no work for the young guys, and, and you know, you, you've got plenty of recruits there. That's all you need, isn't it? That's how life really is. But not from the big boys themselves. Never mind the money that's thrown around all TV stations to keep repeat the same stuff over and over and over. And then uh, radio stations to big bucks, oh, this full time, way beyond their full time salaries. Yep. So, really, I mean, uh, you understand that everything is to do, see, we're in the EU, European Union Parliament. 1,200 odd uh, lobby groups stationed around the big parliament near 1,200 professional full-time lobby groups who work in shifts, you know, all to get in and and, uh, get deals, meaning big handouts for their corporate firms and that, for the taxpayer via politicians. So obviously take a little little reward for it, you know, that's how it really works. And every government's the same. And in the U.S., look, oh my God, the money to be made. The money to be made off you, the sheep, as you get fleeced and fleeced and fleeced for big corporations. And it's even better now with the mass psychology that they have. Mass psychology, sustainability, the green economy, uh, blah, 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 you know, electric cars. If you look into any any big movement that's created, Someone's going to get a monopoly out of it, paid for by you. You'll pay for all the infrastructure, the building, and the research development for a private corporation. That's what it's all about. That's it. And more control over the general public, time and time again. That's how it works. That's really how it works, folks. Everything's bread and circuses. Everything is, is a big circus. Everything is. This, anything emotional for the public is a circus. Always for an ulterior motive by those who design it. On behalf of those who are going to profit off it. You see, that's how it works. So there you go. It's always the same, isn't it? It's just that the appearance is supposed to be different. Or maybe they'll be a bit different. Maybe they'll be nicer. Maybe they'll be. Maybe the masters will be nicer to us. Maybe they'll put more money on getting better marketers to soothe us with better talk of soothing. You know, go to sleep, go to sleep. It's all going to get better. And we'll be happy, eh? Maybe, maybe, eh? Maybe, maybe pigs can fly. But that not that how it all goes, eh? And then once it's all over and done with, there'll be a lot of bitching for about a year of because things aren't fulfilled. And then the folk are going, they're all back to sleep. Most of them are back to sleep in no time at all. You know, diverted with the next little thing. That they'll, they will, they'll divert you with something. And you'll be diverted, all right. You will, you know. And that's how it works, you see. You know, when I first came to this country and uh, you, you try to pretend that you know everything, about their culture, you don't actually, because it's different terminology for things. And in, in Britain, for instance, if you had a yard sale or a garage sale, you would call it a jumble sale. That's the name of it, a jumble sale. So when folk says, oh, we're going to have a, a you know, a garage sale, I, I thought, they're selling garages? And I didn't want to show how, how ignorant I was. And say, oh, that's nice. You know. And uh, yeah, lots of folk were having garage sales in the summer. 
I thought, boy, what is this craze for buying garages, you know? And then, and then when folk would show me, and see, in North America, because it's more materialistic, you see, and they have a bit more room to store things up, like garages, they'd show you around the entire house when you visited. Where in Britain, you generally didn't get that. You know, you came in to see someone, and they were happy to see you, you were yapping right away. You'd sit down, the, the kettle was on, a cup of tea was there. Before you know, you're chatting, chatting. That's just what you did. You went to see folk, not to see how they lived or, you know. That kind of thing. But North America is a different thing altogether. So they like to show you everything, including all the stuff that's now junk in, in their garage. Stuff that's very old, maybe, you know, a few months. You know, that's how, how old things are now, you see, a few months. All the things that are now, you know, passing, passing fans that are gone and toys are gone, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And they can't use it for putting their cars in. And, and so I thought, well, maybe that's got something to do with uh, them always selling selling garages, you see. Strange how your mind works, isn't it? You try to fathom out something like that. And that's how psychotic folk work all the time, by the way. Psychotic folk don't know they're psychotic. And so when something happens, their brain is still trying to rationalize what just happened in a most logical fashion, even though it sounds ludicrous to someone else, you see. So just just pretending not to be stupid can, can, can it end you in, in a lot of trouble? You could end up in a lot of trouble. Now, that was one thing, you see. But um, I can remember, too, when I was reading about uh, different religions and so on, and how Hinduism, according to Carl Jung, uh, was quite fascinating because he saw basically two cart drivers driving slowly towards each other one day in, in a street uh, in, in a... In a a crowded city, and neither one moved out the way. It was like they were oblivious of each other. Well, one hit the other, and one of the carts overturned. And it was, and it was a slow motion thing. And and even the way the people dealt with the stuff falling out of the cart and the whole thing, etc., it was in a slow motion. It's like it wasn't real to the people involved. And so he delved into the whole understanding of, of Hinduism. And it's got a tremendous caste system, of course. Now, the Brahmins at the top are the real wise men. They, nothing fools them, you know. But the ones down below are taught different, uh, a different reality, kind of like the rest of the world, you know. And uh, I think we should really put in some of those Hindus to manage all our financial affairs, just gener- intergenerations of them, you see. Uh, because um, you would get more realism there from people who don't believe so much in realism. Because they know, you see, if they're put in charge of their, uh, their systems that create the money and everything else or, or pretend to run it all, uh, and, and pretend that they know all about it and how it really, really works and all that, uh, they know every- nothing's real. So put them in charge of treasuries and that, because they know that nothing's real, including all their money, including all your debt too. Why not put them in charge? Maybe things will get better, because we've tried everything else, haven't we? Think about it. You know, it might just work. So when other countries send delegates over to demand the money that you owe them back, you'd say, well, go away. You don't exist, you see. Just go away. You don't exist. Then we can all do the same things when money's owed. Go away, you don't exist. 
you see. Wouldn't that be much better than having generations worrying themselves to death, running on a hamster wheel that constantly speeds up because your countries keep borrowing more and more money, we're told, and we've got more and more money to pay back with interest to a handful of people that run the world. Hmm? Just go away, you don't exist. Nothing, nothing's real. I prefer that system, don't you? Now, I just want to get off the political thing for a minute. It's still connected with it, what I'm going to talk about, which is the greening project, sustainability. And all. That's all part of total control and more monopoly for the monopoly men that run the world. Whoever they touch, they monopolize it. The best way, of course, is to get you to give up everything. Your right to farm, your right to this, your right to that. To help the world and save you all, you see. Uh, and give it to them. And these big monopoly men will, will then run it. You know, and because they, they love you. And they truly are altruistic. They're born that way. They got halos when they come out of the womb, you know. Yep. On their heads as babies. And... And you're bedazzled by these little halos. They, they, they blind you so much you don't see what they're they're really up to. You know, it's amazing. But that's what the world is comprised of. You see, chronology and chronologists. And if you bring what appears to be science into that's something they found out in the late 1800s. You see, going to the histories of industrial revolution. Everything became optimistic. All these books were churned out about theories, about all these things we're finding out and speculation, theoretical physics and so on. Everything's theoretical. So the sky was the limit with their theories and all that and how wonderful the world was all going to be in the future, very, very soon too, you know. And so science was added to everything, including politics, you know. And that's never changed. They found out that folk will go along with anything, if you, if you make it sound very scientific, you know, let these people who have just invented a science uh, run your lives and, and manage them all for you, and they'll make sure you get fed just enough, you see, just enough. Very expensive too, mind you, but just enough, you see, to keep you going. Uh, and so on. And so you give everything up and you allow them to do it. Next, you can't go back once it happens. You have no memory in a generation of, the, of any way it was before. And that's how things work. And that's what the whole greening thing's about. Just hand over all your rights to this and so on. And don't worry about we're very civilized. They always tell you they're more civilized today. The same system that's plundered and slaughtered across the planet for centuries is still plundering across the planet. <laughs> It's just not they're plundering openly uh, in, with blood and guts in your streets back home right now, so that they must be civilized, you see. But everybody elsewhere, same bunch, same reasons. We want that, get it, and, and that's it, you see. It's never changed, never changed. But monopoly, that's the key to it all, monopoly. And when they get a monopoly, and it's quite easy to if you go through the history books, you'll find the whole the whole the whole history of monopoly. If you really look and you know what you're looking at, and so on, you've got a memory, remember names and families and things like that. And you'll see how they corner the markets and all the, the, all the other products that, or produce that goes into making a product. They'll corner too, so they have a total monopoly of everything uh, that, that goes into making that one product, etc. That's how it's done. You see. 
So eventually the whole world can be at the mercy of, of a small bunch of people. That's also what Aldous Huxley talked about and his little warnings he'd give to people. And, and Aldous Huxley being uh, part of the, he called it the scientific managers. There's different categories of them, you see. Uh, he was a scientific, his family were scientifically minded and, and on behalf of the dominant minority, which he mentioned, dominant minority, his terminology. And he did mention the fact, too, that, that a small group of people with the knowledge of these sciences, of managing people and the psychology of people, could very easily take over the world and, and get the whole pop, whole populations to do things they ought not to do. We start about giving up your rights and your freedoms and this and that and other, your right to travel without permits and all that, blah, blah, blah. It could all disappear. All these things could just go. And that's what the whole green agenda is all about, folks. Sustainability. That's why one person can can bring an idea for with electric cars, and they'll have this one person will grease the skids of politics, you know, and uh, get the monopoly, and and have even these cars and all recession done with your tax money for the private corporation, which this person will own. You see, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Hmm. And it's so slick in its operation, most folk will go along with it. Well, it's for our own good, you know. Yeah. It's for our own good. Yeah. Do you remember all... And, and people have no memory, you understand. That's what gets me, too. They have no memory. Remember all the hullabaloo. Oh, we're going to have run short of all the energy. Oh, there'll be no energy at all shortly. Oh, panic, panic, you know. And, and then all the money's thrown into the frackers that were already sitting waiting to frack on behalf of the bigger corporations, you see. I mean, the Bayer Corporation says, oh, let the small guys waste all their money and start the operations, and then we'll put them under, and we'll take them all over for pennies, which they did, actually. But the government gets really involved, you see, and always using your tax money, because that's what you're there for, to cough it up, yeah, to get fleeced, and they pump it back into to fracking, into the big monopoly men's hands now. And they're awfully successful, you see. And... Um, Oh, we also have natural gas, unlimited gas for hundreds of years for Americans. And this is telling you that they're taking all your money off you and a whole bit to put into this thing to save you all in future generations. As soon as it's all up and working and you pay for all the infrastructure as it's all up and it's tanked and all the rest of it, they ship it off for exports abroad. You've all forgotten about that, but <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> Uh, you don't even get a reminder at Christmas time, a little letter or a little card or something. Thank you very much. You're still in my thoughts. I, it doesn't exist, does it? And it happens over and over. Now it's electric cars. Yep. And it'll be the same. The whole industry around electric cars, again, owned by the monopoly men. And they don't go very far. And eventually you can't travel around. And so that's all Agenda 21. They printed it all up. No private vehicles eventually. Only essential vehicles. Essential vehicles only. Remember? <sighs> Let's go into some of these articles here. Let's look at them. Let's just look at them here. I'll, I'll just mention some. I'm not going to read them all, obviously, because... I don't have a, 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 a 10,000 lifetimes to do it. And I've done talks before about it all. 
in the past at cutting3meters.com. Go into it and go into the archive section. There's lots and lots of stuff there. Ad nauseum for me. And we go into all this stuff to do with... Um, I've given so many stories about the, the, even the modified mosquitoes that, I mean, Canada leads the world, used to lead the world in it, and creating these big ones to carry big doses of bacteria viruses for warfare purposes, you know, declassifying stuff. And that's, that's, who, runs, that's who runs the industry, you know, the Bill Gates and all the rest of it, industries. Warfare departments. And all they do is tell you, here, to help you, and they release these modified mosquitoes to fight things like a Zika virus. Whoa. That's what they tell you. And you'll believe it. They're already released stuff, remember, for dengue fever in Florida. Now they're already released these things they're talking about. Um, and, and, um, and, and the U.S. health regulators have cleared the way for a trial of genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida. For Zika and other viruses. There you go. You watch what happens there down the road. Remember, they don't want to kill you all off at once, but I'll tell you, you'll see a lot of things increasing very quickly. Yeah. If you really look for them. So, yeah, that's one article there, right there. And then you have um, New York City's chief Zika hunter. <laughs> yeah, Zika hunter. Dr. Jennifer Rickman. And um, Public Health Laboratories Director has been at the forefront of testing for many emerging diseases and so on, right? So we're talking about Doom New York as well, spraying them with, uh, with the new bugs and all the rest of it. Another one on Florida, about uh, Florida shudders as Zika spread forces Miami shops to close, create the panic. Oh, well, well, well we better use the taxpayers' money and get all these... These, these mosquitoes ready and, and just flood the country with them, you know, and see what happens. That's how the, the monopoly people always do things, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that amazing, eh? How easy it is, eh? Easy. Terrify you. Another one, Zika outbreak here. You know, this one's about Brazil and what's been happening there and so on. Oh, a terrifying story. Oh. This is... Um, by the end of the year, Zika could infect 10,000 pregnant women in Puerto Rico. Could, you see. Where Zika is spreading faster than anywhere in the U.S., according to the CDC. Hundreds of babies could be affected. Planned Parenthood's in this big time, too. They've had so much bad press. This is, this is, like, this is oh, they're on board with this one. Because it's going to encourage an awful lot of women who are petrified to simply go, go and have an abortion, you see. Everything ties in. Everything works for their agenda. Have you ever noticed that, eh? Anything flags a little bit, oh, bingo, something happens, and, and they play it up, and their back's on top again. That's the way it works, isn't it? And then you have uh, the 2016 Olympic Games as well, and other prattling down there about what's going to happen there as well, because of the virus, etc., that's how, that's how you, now here's another article to do with, what's at the very top here? With the same names and same people, and cut world population and redistribute resources, expert urges. Remember, expert, expert? Remember uh, Paul Ehrlich, population bomb, the big, the big advocate for killing most of you off, you know, you off that is, you know. 
and um, I'll put this up tonight for you to get. There's, a, there's actually a PDF there, and there's also a, an audio about his, his propaganda. This is the guy who said, oh, things are terrible, things are going to happen. He was, oh, he was all on board with the, the coming ice age and the whole thing. It didn't happen, so he was on the, but now he's on the roasting age and barbecue age, and he's on board with that. But his whole thing's always been to depopulate all of you. All the wrong folk are, oh, they're, they're, they're breeding all, the, all these poor folk. We don't need them anymore. <gasps> and look up his uh, wiki and so on. And he's an awful lot in common with the people who run everyone else, actually, at the very top. There's no doubt about it. And they're, all, they're always pushing each other. Always pushing each other. And their own books and so on, and their own points of view, because it's all the one same point of view. And it says, Paul Ehrlich, American professor and best-selling author, talks to John Vidal about population decline. <gasps> yep. So, uh, there you get it. Huh? Cut world population and redistribute resources. In other words, give all the rights to resources into the hands of the same few again. Eh? Yep. There you go. That's what we really need to see. Let's get rid of all the people. You know, there's no people in the world anymore except them. It's going to be a little paradise, isn't it? That's what they say themselves. They've got the right to live because, you see, they're naturally assigned to be superior. They are superior to you. And they talk about that amongst them. The Lucky Gene Club. Remember the Lucky Gene Club? Bill Gates is in it. And a bunch of other folk, too. I mean, the right gene club, <laughs> the ones who should survive, the ones who are talking about overpopulation, but they want to help you at the same time by releasing viruses carried by mosquitoes and things. Huh? Oh, pfft. You better figure things out for yourself and quick, I'm telling you. And then you have this one here. Global challenges facing humanity. How can population growth and resources be brought into balance? Well, once again, it's another big story about how to bring it about. And it's all psychologically written out. These things go back, go back for, for review and review and review before they're released to the public. And psychologists know, but go over and over and debate it and debate it. Because every word is important, the way it's strung together. Because the whole thing is to con you by creating fear and doubt about your own rationality and ability to, to make rational decisions and hand it all over to the experts. Oh, you see? So how can you so give all the resources to the right people, obviously, who who will dispute them, put them across the world properly, you see, and, uh, and make sure you all get a fair share. Where have you heard that? For what have you read in, in ancient history books even? Eh? So here they are again with the same old stuff that, that Bertrand Russell was prattling on about and the same stuff that H.G. Wells was prattling on about and so on. Because they never change their, their opinions or their future ideas about things. They're, they never change anything actually except techniques and they actually go ahead and do it. And lots of percentages. I've, met, I've mentioned, read this about this one before uh, because you can con anybody with apparently this, this science thing or Percentages, which is all a, a racket. It's a scientific racket, the whole art of using percentages. If you ask a marketeer who's actually studied them and been taught them, they tell you how they manipulate all these percentage figures and so on. 
And you can't argue with science, can you? That's the whole idea of it. Well, you know, 20% said blah, blah, blah. More than 20 countries have falling populations, which could increase to 44 by 2050. Well, the same organization, the big United Nations organization, wanted the population to drastically fall for the last 100 years. But here they're saying, oh, oh, 20 countries have falling populations. Oh, oh. What do they want? Do they want it to fall? Because they keep telling the same bunch to say, we're going to bring all these immigrants in from other countries to pay off the national debt. That's a feeble excuse to give because there's not a real excuse behind it. And it's still their excuse. But uh, here you go. Which one you the one? You know, it's, it's like punch drunk. You get from the left, you get from the right. Bang, bang, bang. Your, your face is going bang and forth. Left, right, left, right. Punch, punch, punch. And you can't please them, can you? Depopulate. Okay, bang. You know. Oh, there's not enough people. Bang. And this goes on and on. Pavlov's dog. That's who you are. That's the technique being used on you. Do you understand that? And then you'll give up and, and just wait for, for an order. Do this. Give everything up. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? But it works awfully. Well, there's experts and scientists telling us all this stuff, you know. You remember, too, that uh, it's this old system of ruling the world. It's the same system. You've got to get money at the top. And they have all the same boys. Of course, they ain't going to give it up or give it away. And whatever system they bring in for you to believe in, uh, and it's for you to believe in, remember, uh, is to make their system work better for them at the top, who won't all. And it's the same bunch. So that's why they're all on board with the green future. You see, is it called green? And for instance, you'll find that uh, some of the articles I've talked about years ago, like the green bank, they're opening up the green banks and all that, connected to Rothschilds and all the usual names associated with, with big banks down through the centuries, uh, and how they're all on board with creating green banks and the carbon banks and so on, trading banks, etc. It's, it's all still going on. It's amazing, too, I can give you all these different links and articles from the United Nations and so on, and nobody will know them, but these same people who won't know about what's happening, these articles, know all about the, the gossip about Trump or Hillary Clinton. It's all gossip, folks, put by marketers. And and all the actors and actresses, they know who married who and who got divorced from who, but all gossip stuff. That's what their lives are full of. I think that's by accident. Do you really think that's... You're managed so minutely, it's just incredible. But when it comes to what I'm talking about here, what's really going on, nothing. They know nothing. Nothing about it. If you tell them, say, oh, come on, no, nobody would do... These are big... What do you think United Nations is? Who do you think owns it? I've given whole talks on who owns it. <laughs> that's quite something. Peak people, as I say. 2030 agenda. A fresh start towards global sustainability. All these articles come out now as you're all busy with politics and so on. UN Political Forum opens with focus on achieving 2030 agenda's call to leave no one behind. And in other words, no one's going to get to escape from this agenda, the totalitarian agenda. An arm-length green bank would accelerate Canada's climate transition. Isn't that wonderful? By the really, truly <coughs> independent <coughs> glow and mail. And 
it goes on and on and on. It's just astonishing. It really is astonishing. Is green finance the next big thing for ING? <gasps> is it? Is it? Green financing. Eh? And um, in the aftermath of the Paris Agreement, policymakers and businesses around the world have spent the first six months of 2016 beginning to put into action all the promises made last Late last year. Remember that? The Paris Agreement? Have you all forgotten it already? Amazing how all these things march on, but all you get is Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Pre-Paris corporate pledges for boosting renewable energy generation must now be translated into real-life solar arrays. See, the big boys own everything, and they also own, by the way, a big bank, the really big bank, and banks at the top. There's one big one. Who own everything, also own the military-industrial complex, they own the corporations. They own, uh, they've always owned energy of all kinds, including your nuclear, although you pay for all, for upkeep, etc. You know, there's this public-private partnership scam where you pay for all the costs, they get all the profit. And that's how it always works. And they, they, they've gone all into the solar arrays and stuff. It talks about that here. Real-life solar arrays. They've got to get into the real-life solar arrays. Wind farms and other clean, which they own, but you will maintain and build for them and pay for. <laughs> and their electric cars. It's all the same, same crew. City mayors promising emission cuts must set in motion plans to green their housing stock and improve public transport. Green their housing stock, eh? Mine is already, it's covered in fungus. You know. Firms with n- uh, new zero-waste policies need to revamp their production strategy to capture residual value from trash. So we're going to be, we're going to be turned into third-world countries, and you'll soon see your, your off- if you have any offspring, you know, uh, climbing over to big trash heaps and picking for stuff to eat and stuff. All these efforts require investment. Where is the money going to come from? Where does where does money always come from? And it says Dutch. Uh, it says it's not surprising. Dutch banking giant ING reported impressive progress for sustainable finance division in the first half year. If it's released, yes. What's what's sustainable financing? The bank's sustainable transitions financed metric, uh, STF metric, which measures the volume of projects. So they even got a, a, a completely abstract con of how to measure volumes of projects uh, financed, you see, that boast a clear green agenda. So I guess one of, like one of those clap meters used to be on game shows, the more you clap, you see, the, oh, see, oh, yeah. so many percentage you voted and clapped for so-and-so. So uh, this is how they're working out with this uh, this new um, uh, <laughs> this new measure, this thing that measures the volume of projects financed that boast a clear green agenda. Ah, hmm. oh, dear lordy, I tell you, the stellar growth for the banks in environmental category is part down to the bank's ongoing reassessment of its clients. ING is identifying those which are deemed to be environmental outperformers. I heard it. Isn't that ING that's in trouble right now or something? I can't remember. Leading the market on green issues and counting these top firms in its STF metric. So there you are. STF metric is the amount of claps you get. You know, hand claps, I guess, for being green. And then you have uh, 
Global challenges facing humanity. How can population growth and resources be brought into balance? Oh, well, how can we do that, I wonder, eh? How can we do that? And they go through all the stuff that you need to live in, in this, you know, like food and that, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the better the health care, the, the, the more longer folk live. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, yeah. And it's all statistics as well. Lots of statistics need to really, really fool you, you see. Until you're underneath your table quivering in fear. Huh. All the things, that, soil erosion, all these things that could happen. Could, could happen, you know. Loss of cropland could happen, yeah. Uh, and that could make fertilizer costs go even more expensive, you know. Who owns that? Well, the big chemical industry that runs the warfare system, too. That's where all the fertilizer comes from. And it goes on and on and on. But uh, this, is, this is how they terrify you as they, they, they uh, uh, fleece your pockets at the same time. You're so stunned with fear, you don't notice them groping around your pockets. But this is the real agenda, folks, the real world they live in, you know. And I'll put up the, the whole article, supposedly. God, I think they always have another one for themselves, to be honest with you. Because you know, they have big meetings, what to say to the public and what not to say, and what to print and what not to print. They have that all the time, you know. In this uh, wonderfully open society. Anyway, um... Uh, this is about the president of ECOSOC. It's like right, right out of George Orwell's 1984. Ingsoc, you know. This is ECOSOC. And the president is called O, no kidding you, O-H. And the first name, and the last name is Jun, J-O-N, O-Jun. Addresses the UN High Level Political Forum on Sustainable Development, 11th July. Opened the first meeting of the UN High-Level Political Forum on Sustainable Development since adoption of the UN 2030 Agenda. <laughs> the, UN, the, the President of the Economic and Social Security, ECOSOC, <laughs> today outlined the task before the body and called for stronger commitment to accomplish its mandated tasks, meaning more money and write it, more binding laws, you see, so you must all comply. Now, all the folk that you vote for always re-sign these things, folks, and you better think about that before you vote for anybody. Shouldn't you think about that? Huh? This, is, this isn't just starting. It started a long time ago, this Millennium Project, in Agenda 21 for the whole 21st century. And the 2030 Agenda is only part of the whole Agenda 21. It's only part. So, as a usual bureaucraties speech here, how are they speaking all, all bit? And they mentioned uh, the usual propaganda uh, phrases and so on that come out in the mouths of, are supposedly come out in the mouths of these uh, these leaders like Old June, you know. Old June, and here we are in August. But anyway, uh, it's the usual propaganda, as I say, you know. It says, you recall that over the previous weekend, the BBC World Service broadcasted live My Perfect Country. UN debate, a radio show focusing on the importance of policy innovation and integration in the context of sustainable development. Well, you better read what sustainable development means, folks. Hmm? You better read what it means. And most won't, of course. They're too busy caught up in the emotions of the elections. And it's for the same bunch that's going to run you anyway, isn't it? So I'll put these links up tonight. 
and that really is the world. I've, I just raced this through this tonight because I mean it's it's just such a monotonous pro- thing to do, isn't it? Just to talk about these things because it is monotonous. This has been happening all the time. This system. Uh, you have a global system backed by all your quotation marks leaders for for generations, basically. And it's just forwarding the, the same single system until literally you will end up in the, 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 all the projects which they've already planned for you, which is, again, uh, high-intensity um, population centres. Uh, no rural living at all. No suburbs either, for that matter. Uh, don't want that there. Don't want you all crammed into the, the big cities. For the, for the elite and their higher up bureaucrats and so on, they will have their their wonderful places in the country for them, especially. They already have special towns. Look at Prince Charles's special little villages and so on. That's the, the prototype for, for them around the world, you see, for those that really uh, play the game well for, for their masters, and they're rewarded awfully well for keeping you all living crowded and living on top of each other in the cities, you see. That's what it's about. Uh, that is their perfect system, their perfect world. It's not new. It's the open secret, as H.G. Wells called it. He was all for it. You know. Now remember, make good use of cuttingthroughmedias.com. If you're truly sincere about learning anything, you'd be surprised at the massive volume that's been through there over the years. And still is, even though Google and the rest of them tries to <laughs> downplay it with their fake things and so on. And even some other agents too, you might say. But uh, it's massive, and uh, people never mention your name at all. Even though they, they even use my stuff verbatim, often. You know. Lots of other little talk shows and so on have cropped up over the years. Never mention you. Never mention you. Yet even their shows are, are literally verbatim of what I've done in the past, over years. So, you know, I throw a bone here once in a while. I don't mind if it's slightly nod on, it'll, it'll do me. I don't need that much. That's just the upkeep of everything, and that's, and that's where the money goes. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada's good night. May your God, your gods go with you.